0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com.
1: Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver.
2: Hey, tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our
3: man River, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibility. I said, One Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree.
0: It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: From the foundation studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, welcome to Super Talk Outdoors where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi. I say that every week, and I love to say it because it's so true. We really celebrate the outdoors here on Super Talk Outdoors. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network and or on Super Talk TV at C Spire TV. But if you're listening on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast, it's March the 7th. 2022, amazing! Like I say every week, how fast time is flying. We're already in March. <laughs> wow! Hey, I want to mention uh, for the YouTube and Facebook audience. You can see over my shoulder, uh, Ukrainian flag. I've, I've flown that since last week, and we'll keep it there for uh, for a good long time, just as a as a solemn memory of um, uh, the of what the people in Ukraine are having to endure. Actually, have. On my show, Cosby, we're actually recording at 11 o'clock today. Um, We're going to record... Uh, a, a young woman by the name of Laurie who is uh, working in a missionary working with foster children in Ukraine she had a chance to get out of this, out of the country but she stayed because she said there's too much work to be done so we'll be talking to her for my show on Kosu and I'm sure it will be shared across the super talk Mississippi network as well I'm looking forward to that um, well, you know we've been uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, the outdoor stewardship trust fund we're going to talk a little bit more about it this morning to kind of give you an update on what the latest is and then uh, we're we're going to talk turkey once we get the update done we're going to talk turkey for the rest of the show today i should also point out that we're beginning to see a few specks arriving in some of the honey holes here along coastal mississippi especially in biloxi's back bay where i live my son jordan caught a really good one uh saturday morning but there you have to work for them. you know the holes where you might have caught five or six you know you're only going to catch one and you got to move to another one, and you, you'll catch another one. So you got to work hard. But it's a good sign. Hopefully this rain that we're about to get is not too uh, too much uh, and messed up the salinity in the bays again or the backwaters of coastal Mississippi. Um, I'm happy to broadcast each week from the Foundation Studio. You know, this is a nonprofit organization that's working to protect the outdoor legacy of Mississippi. They're officially known as the uh, Foundation for Wildlife, for Mississippi Wildlife Fisheries and Parks, not to be confused with the Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks. It's actually the only dedicated foundation in Mississippi that directly supports the Mississippi Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks. They provide financial support for wildlife and education educational uh, projects that are really important to the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Um, The foundation is also working on uh, Mississippi's conservation efforts. They're really working to kind of bring our conservation efforts to the next level. And, And so they're involved in issues that are important to outdoorsmen and women like the conservation uh outdoor stewardship trust fund that i talk about all the time something that i'm super passionate about in short we're lucky to have the foundation and the dedicated volunteers involved in it and i should also point out the many people who have helped to fund it i've had um, i've had the opportunity here on super talk outdoors to spend some time with uh with the chairman of the foundation john taylor man he's such a good friend and what a dedicated uh, outdoors leader he is he loves the outdoors and you can tell it every time we we sit down together and of course the visit we had here on out on uh, supertalk outdoors was terrific um, i've also had executive committee chris Guritz on the phone and again he's, he's another one one that just loves the outdoors and uh, is really dedicated uh to doing what he can to help take it to the next level and we've also had uh, the a board member trent malloy on Super Talk Outdoors as well. But their love of the outdoors is contagious. They're putting their leadership and their energy and their money into this effort. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people like them. And I, I want to in the near future to, to have other leaders who are involved in the foundation and share their inspiring stories. They all serve as excellent examples of the sort of commitments Mississippians, uh, Mississippi outdoorsmen and women are willing to make and should make to protect our outdoor legacy in in Mississippi. And as I say every week, Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in the United States. and, uh, And I believe it strongly. The foundation is working really hard to keep us there. Okay, so, again, I've talked a lot about the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund. I'm just going to give you a quick update on this groundbreaking legislation in Mississippi. Uh, The legislation would actually create a fund in Mississippi dedicated to conservation efforts. Having a trust fund um, will give us the ability to compete with other states for an enormous amount of uh, federal funds uh, to do to do a lot of kind a lot of innovative projects focused on conservation wildlife uh, habitat creation and so many other innovative efforts and to really kind of what i what i've said is kind of take our outdoor enjoyment opportunities to the next level it's estimated currently that mississippi misses out on about 40 million dollars a year in federal matching funds so we really need this it's a big deal it cleared the house of representatives last year As I've said before, 117 to 2, but it stalled in the Senate. The bill ultimately died last year. But it was brought back up this year. Um, It cleared the House 117 to 4 this year. The Senate passed a version of the bill as well. And uh, what I've been hearing lately... Is that they're making progress, uh, and I want you to know too that my team and I, as I mentioned last week, we've asked the Senate Wildlife Fisheries and, and Parks Chairman Neil Whaley to join us here on Super Talk Outdoors. Um, so again, we've invited him, I think, two weeks in a row now, but he hasn't accepted our invite. But what I hear is that he's been he's been really working hard to get the trust fund done, and that's really good news. Um, I actually did a little research on on uh, Chairman Whaley, and I found an article that ran in the clearing ledger on february the 20th oh, excuse me february 2020 and um, incidentally uh, chairman whaley is from potts camp mississippi I, that was a new one for me incidentally but it's between new albany and, and and holly springs just north of oxford um but he said this in the clearing ledger i've been a hunter and fisherman my whole life i'm a landowner interested in conservation i live on our family farm i've lived here my whole life i'm an avid duck deer, and bird hunter. Let me say again, Chairman Whaley, we look forward to having you on Super Talk Outdoors. And believe me, we're going to welcome you with open arms. Your conservation leadership is incredibly important to Mississippi. I also want to thank uh, the chairman of the House Wildlife Fishers and Parks Committee, Bill Kincaid. He's been incredibly focused on this and passionate about this effort as well. So, we, you know, it takes a lot of leaders to make something like this go. So where are we with the trust fund? Here's what I'm hearing the Senate, really, as we've discussed in the past, had some issues with diverting a percentage of outdoor and sporting good taxes to the trust fund, so they they so they're considering what is essentially an annual appropriation. The intentions of the House bill, though I should point out, was to to create a multi year Uh, dedicated fund given that most conservation efforts are not one and done it takes multiple years to get a conservation project done and also you know multi-year projects are the kind of projects that we're seeking support from the federal government so the annual appropriation isn't the best case scenario but it's certainly a step in the right direction now what we hope Um, is that they put significant money in in the bill. And as uh, as I said last week, we're super lucky to have Senator Briggs-Hopson as the chairman of the Appropriations Committee. He's from Vicksburg. Come on now. We all know this. He's surrounded by some of the most important hunting and fishing land in the state of Mississippi. He gets the role outdoors plays in Mississippi. So we're really fortunate to have Senator Hobson in that that leadership role. Uh, We've also had conversations here about private land. Um, Most Mississippians are not rich landowners. They would dedicate uh, themselves to doing more to create wildlife habitat and, uh, and to do other kinds of conservation efforts, but they just don't have the resources to do it. So the majority of the federal funds, and that is billions of dollars on the on the federal level, is in the Farm Bill. Uh, all of that is private land. So thanks to, thanks to the leadership of Th- Thad Cochran on getting us to that point back in the mid-80s. So it's long since been decided that given nearly 90% of the land in Mississippi is private land, um, you can't have a viable conservation effort if you don't include private land. So, I hear the Senate's making uh, good progress on that a- uh, in that area. Uh, but I but I also hear that they're thinking about limiting land, the private land, to getting only fifty percent of the funds. Now on the surface that's progress, and I, I will admit that. And it also seems to make sense. But when you consider that this will limit the amount of federal funds that will be available to us, um, that's something they should really reconsider. Yeah, if I just did a swag, you know, a, a silly wild ass guess on the on the estimate of federal funds that we may miss out on if we limit. To uh, private land to only 50 percent of the fund, we'd miss out on about 20 million dollars a year. So my my question is why limit it? Let let the quality of the project decide what we want to go forward with. I'm pleased also to hear that non-governmental organizations are going to be involved. This is really important because you really want all stakeholders who are involved in conservation involved in this. Um, if what I'm hearing is accurate, you know the good news is the House and Senate. Wildlife and fisheries and parks leaders are working together. They're focused. I want them to stay focused. We need them to stay focused. Let's get this done ASAP. And I want to thank everyone for their leadership. Hey, when we come back from the break, we're going to spend the rest of the show with Captain Caleb Harrington from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. And we're going to talk turkey today. So we'll see you after this break.
3: Can we
1: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly cloudy with a 70% chance of rain, high near 71. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 46. Your Tuesday, an 80% chance of rain, high near 56. And for your Wednesday, a 30% chance of showers, mostly cloudy, high near 62. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
5: From Biloxi to Batesville and everywhere in between, Mississippi families work hard to put food on the table. With near record inflation eating into our paychecks, it's getting harder. Today, the average family is having to spend $276 more a month than the same time last year, just to keep up. Mississippi leaders have a unique opportunity to put real money back into the pockets of working people by eliminating the state's income tax, allowing our citizens to keep what they earn and invest in their families, their businesses, and our communities. Now is the time for bold action that sets Mississippi on a path to success for generations to come to send a signal to our people and the world that Mississippi is open to business. Call your lawmaker and encourage them to move Mississippi forward by joining the likes of Tennessee, Texas, and Florida and eliminating its income tax. Visit EmpowerMS.org to learn more and take action.
6: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth Goal Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich
1: or Wrap. Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich. And the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. At
0: Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save on boat, RV, and motorcycle batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. Frost. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from three until six, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors, it's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Mississippi
4: Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors from the Foundation Studio. Um, Thank you for bearing with me during the first segment as I kind of gave you an update on the Conservation Trust Fund. And uh, this is so important. I wouldn't be spending so much time on it. But, you know, this is the kind of thing that Super Talk Outdoors ought to focus on. As I said before, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the legislature unless... It's something that's happening in Jackson, and it's important for me to sh- to tell you why what that is is important to you as outdoorsmen and women, and certainly the the uh, Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund is one of those one of those issues. Now we're going to shift gears and talk turkey. I've been really looking forward to to, to uh, welcoming my friend Captain Kalen Harrington to uh, to Super Talk Outdoors. I'll tell you a lot about it, but before we go any further, let me just say welcome to Super uh, Super Talk Outdoors, Kalen. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great to see you, my friend. Hey, you're, you're, you've been in the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks for 24 years. It, it, when you look back on it, does it feel like time flies real fast or that, it's, you, know, that you can remember all 24 years? What, what's your thought on that?
7: Yeah, time does get by. Um, I'm actually a second-generation conservation officer. Uh, my dad... Uh, worked with the department for 34 years down in Jeff Davis County, and uh, that had a strong role in me choosing a career as a conservation officer.
4: Right, so, that's that's good. You know, it's interesting because, and we'll get into this because I want to know where your love of the outdoors comes from and all of that, but so much of, it, whether, you're, whether you decide to be a conservation officer or just want to go do hunting and fishing, uh, so much of uh of uh, that is is really is really determined by what we're taught by our parents and our our grandparents and it's kind of a generational love of the outdoors that's for sure you've been uh, you've been assigned to the south region. T- tell us what that south region encompasses.
7: Well it actually goes from uh, uh, Claiborne County all the way south to, to to you guys to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. so it, it covers a, a large region and a very um, different types of habitat.
4: Sure it, it really does. And we'll get into some of that here in just a second. But, you know, one of the things, you know, when you think about deer hunting, and Mississippi State has done some great research on this. When you think about deer hunting, uh, people tend to think that the deer in coastal Mississippi or in south Mississippi are different genetics. They are not actually. They're exactly the same genetics. But what determines whether they have the big horns and the big bodies and all that is really generational uh, um, uh, nutrition. And, uh, you know, of course, the nutrition in South Mississippi is not, in in many cases, is not as great. Although we've heard incredible tales of really big deer being killed down here. But one of the, one of the things that most people may not realize is that turkey hunting in, in the South region is as good as anywhere else in the state, isn't it?
7: It is. It is Our southeast portion of our region has has shown some uptick in turkey populations, and southwest Mississippi over toward the river, Copiah County, um, Jefferson County, Claiborne County, absolutely those populations are are still strong.
4: So, Kayla, when you think about, and kind of very high level, and we'll come back to some of the details in a second, but when you think about turkey hunting in Mississippi, you think about duck hunting, you think about deer hunting, you think, you think about uh, turkey hunting. How does turkey hunting rate? I mean, it's how popular is turkey hunting in Mississippi?
7: Uh, it has become much more popular than it, it was in the past. Uh, us turkey hunters like myself, who have been at it for a while. Uh, the other seasons are just something to do until turkey season gets here. In <laughs> um, the past couple of years, uh a a lot of that due to covid license sales and interest in turkey hunting has absolutely increased our non-resident license sales have doubled in the past couple years so yeah um it is showing um an up an uptake yeah
4: the the secret is out and uh (laughs) And, and that's actually required some new approaches to licensing, particularly as it relates to out-of-state. But, we're, again, we'll come back to that in just a second. Let's, just, let's, uh, let's, let's take a step back for a second. Where did you grow up?
7: I grew up in uh, a little town called Carson, Mississippi. It's in Jeff Davis County. And that's where I was raised and, and learned how to turkey hunt.
4: So you started out hunting turkey?
7: I, I did. I really actually started out as a squirrel hunter um, in the mid-'80s as a kid, you know, and uh, the turkey population uh, in, the, in the mid to late-'80s really um, became high at, at its highest point. So uh, they were there to hunt, and my dad introduced me to it at a young age
4: yes amazing yeah you know, i did not i did not uh kill my first turkey until just a few years ago i went I uh, went up to uh, extreme North Mississippi with my friend Al Hopkins he has a farm up there and in Walnut, Mississippi, I might add. And man, it was a great experience. But my sons had had killed deer. I mean, excuse me, had killed turkeys. My son Jordan, when he was in law school at, at Ole Miss, um, he would get up at three o'clock in the morning and 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 go to private land not far from from uh, University of, of, of Mississippi. And uh, I, I remember one particular one particular span of time when he got on the same turkey every single morning for i don't know how many days it was a long long drawn out deal he never got the turkey but that's part of the deal isn't it caleb it's just, it's just the, the pursuit of it this having this conversation with the turkey and knowing it's there and knowing it's responding to your call there's something incredibly addictive about that isn't it
7: absolutely it's not like uh, you know deer hunting while you're sitting in the stand and, and hoping Uh, you get to communicate with these turkeys using various types of techniques and calls Um, and you start your your children, I started my child um, at a young age I killed my first one when I was 12 and I remember everything about it sitting right next to my dad and uh, my son did the same at age 9 so this uh, introducing children and not only children, just adults that have never been before um Know that they're they're going to make a lot of mistakes, and just learn to uh, learn how to call. It's trial and error.
4: But it, it is it is trial and error. But it it you know I, I I there's so many great examples of how people describe it. Probably one of the best descriptions I've heard is from Will Primos, who said that um, when he's in the woods pursuing a turkey and i'm just paraphrasing but essentially you know he talks about this almost like divine you know experience and then what he goes on to say is that he gets that in church but that, that the turkey hunting experience is, is, is even more than church because he feels like he's in a prayer when he's hunting. And he doesn't care if he shoots or not. It's just this being silent in the woods and having this opportunity to have this conversation with this incredible bird. is He describes it literally as a religious experience. You feel the same way, don't you?
7: Absolutely. If uh, First thing on a spring morning when, when you hear the first gobble, um, no matter how old you are, it, it gets you. Um, it's great to see it in a, in a young hunter or a new hunter, the excitement that comes along with it. Um, you know, there's since I started, things have changed. Populations have changed. Uh, gear has changed. Um, calls have changed. But one thing that hasn't changed is the turkey steel gobbles and the chess match between hunter and gobbler. Um, like you said earlier, can go on for days, uh, even the entire season without success, and uh, it's that's a major part of it is the chase.
4: Uh, we were my son Jordan and I were hunting together. I have two sons, Jordan and Justin. Justin lives up in New York City, but on this particular hunt, it was I was with Jordan, and we were in the hills, not not far outside of um, a Meridian, and man, we were we were on this bird for a couple of days. And we were up and down and all around. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I remember many times thinking it's a good thing I'm in shape because when you're in the hills doing this, it can be it can be very taxing physically. But it's also taxing mentally because in this particular case, we, we were having this conversation. The bird seemed a little further away than it actually was. And it was because it was on the other side of the hills and, and the wind was blowing away from us. It just felt like it was a long way away. And he and I, he said, come on, come on, Dad. We need, to, we need to get up over this hill, and, and we, we may actually be able to see it once we get over on the other side. And so we go ease up on top of the hill. We're kind of moving pretty fast. And as soon as we topped the hill, the turkey was moving fast toward us. The turkey probably was fifteen yards away from us, man. It scared us and the turkey to death and as you know you know under those scenarios, the turkey literally vanished and, and you know we didn't even have time to even think about what we had just seen, but you've been in that situation many times, haven't you
7: sure I have. Um throughout the years many encounters very similar to what you just you just spoke of um they're they're a very unique creature to hunt and when you think you've got it figured out you don't
4: <laughs> when you think you've got it figured out you don't for people who maybe have gone turkey hunting and not had the opportunity to hear the gobble answer your call whatever whatever the call was you did but to hear that cut gobble uh, for people who've never been before but love to hunt uh, man I would strongly encourage you because the, the the truth is turkey habitat is really scattered all over Mississippi whereas you know if you're going after the big deer you're going to go to certain areas of course ducks are not widely available um, when we come back uh, we're going to continue our conversation with captain uh, Caleb Harrington and just we're going we're gonna talk turkey today so we'll see you after this break I'll breathe Mississippi till I'm-
2: This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaway's has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Let Callaway's turn your your backyard into a staycation destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tanks is always the better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Everything
1: for home and garden. That's what Before you open your doors each day, ask yourself one question. Is my building clean and healthy for my customers and employees? If you trust
4: Janet King, the king of clean, then you know the answer. Yes! We've been cleaning and disinfecting this area for
3: almost 35 years. Our local franchise owners make this happen every day because, like you, they live, eat, shop, work, and pray in these same local buildings. For your clean and healthy buildings, go
0: to JanneKingCleans.com. That's JanneKingCleans.com today for a healthy building tomorrow.
3: Janny King, the king of clean.
7: Hey, Capital City, it's Big Pop. Inviting you to Mississippi's biggest and best gun shows, Big Pop Gun Shows, will be at the Wahhabi Shrine Temple, March 12th and 13th, I-55 South, Elton Road, Exit 88. Saturday hours are 9 to 5, Sunday hours 10 to 5. Adult admissions $8. Kids, $6 to 11, is only $2. Buying, and selling, and trading, gun appraisal. over 200 tables of merchandise to see the largest vendors around. Grab your dollar off coupon now BigPopGunShows.com. All federal, state, and local laws must apply. See y'all this weekend.
3: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. As the conflict continues in Ukraine, gas prices here in the U.S. have reached a milestone not seen since the financial crisis of 2008. Fox's Brooke Singman with more.
2: The national average gas price now $4 per gallon. Oil prices are also skyrocketing to $130 a barrel. And in some regions of the country, gas prices are reaching nearly $7 per gallon. As both Congress and the Biden administration say it might be time to ban Russian imports. And as many progressives scramble for green solutions, moderate Democrats like Senator Joe Manchin say it's time to turn to energy resources here in the U.S.
3: The White House says it's undecided about halting the import of Russian oil. They argue it would raise prices even more. For Mississippi, the current price per gallon is nearly 3.75. That's 50 cents higher than it was a week ago. I'm Kelly Bennett.
5: What do members of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation look like? We have members from every
7: corner of Mississippi from all walks of life. All over the state, we see two types of memberships. Active members of the farming community and associate members who utilize Farm Bureau services like insurance. All memberships support Mississippi agriculture. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm
5: Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org
0: it's all right here. And when you're away from home, depend on the Super Talk app and SuperTalk.fm to stay in the know. We're proud to serve our fellow Mississippians. Super Talk, Mississippi. Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk, Mississippi.
3: It's cuts walls and fall football. A Gulf coast sunset and a delta dawn.
4: It's today. His passion for the outdoors, his passion for turkey. Uh, have really, uh, you know, I mean, he's a second-generation conservation officer, and because of dedicated people like Caleb man, we've got a, we've got people who are focused on making sure we can we can uh, protect the resource, make sure people follow the, the appropriate laws, et cetera, as it relates to uh, hunting turkey. And we'll get into some of that during this segment. But you know, Kayla, one of the things I've heard over and over again from many of your uh, uh, of your partners in in, in your efforts there in the Department of Wildlife Fisheries and parks is that during the during the pandemic after a long stretch of you know seeing people becoming less interested in hunting people you know people tend to get hunting uh, the love of hunting from their fathers and their grandfathers so if they don't have that they're going to have to get it from a friend or someone else and what we've seen is a decline in interest in hunting and fishing uh, across Mississippi for a number of years. But the pandemic actually reintroduced some people back to the outdoors. As you pointed out, license sales were up significantly. We've seen a lot of interest in Mississippi from out of the state. Uh, Part of the reason this is is because if you go to other states, what you find is, um, in some cases, deer season is earlier, so that you know, when their season's over, they want to come here and hunt. Same thing with turkeys. Um, same thing with ducks, I guess, as well. But, um, but what you, you know, that uptick is good for outdoors enjoyment for the state. It's good for the fact that we're going to be you know, introducing more generations to it. Because that, I mean, that's one of the most important things we can do is, is share, the outdoors with kids so that they can then pass it to their kids and that's really important to you as well isn't it
7: yes it is um it is but we have this year is a little different um we have a regulation that has been put into place as as a non-resident turkey draw and what that is is that uh, like you said uh the coronavirus absolutely had an effect on the number of people that showed up to hunt um, but now the southeastern states are uh, have decided to, to back up their turkey opening days to the 1st of April so that leaves our state Mississippi as uh, one of the only states left with a lot of public land for hunters from other states to, to be able to come to with an early March opening so what that did was, along with the coronavirus, seeing that the number of non-resident turkey hunters had, had doubled, we had to have a plan of action to know that we were the only game in town, and there were probably going to be a lot of non-resident hunters that could uh, take that opportunity. So uh, we had a regulation take effect where we would have what was known as a non-resident public land draw where we drew 1,100 non-resident hunters to be able to hunt public land, which is our national forest, wildlife refuges, et cetera.
4: Well, that, I think that was a smart move. and. It's uh it's recognizing the fact that we've really got to manage the resource as best we can, and it's going to help residents too as well. You know, one of the things that that um, what do we do? Let's go come back just a second. Let's talk about season dates, sure. uh, limits, legal gobblers, all that. Let's see. Let's kind of cover some of the
6: basics.
7: Sure. Uh, actually, the U season opens tomorrow, March the eighth. So I, I suspect strongly there will be a lot of children, uh, young adults under the age of 16, and parents that are late for school or work or maybe even play hooky for a couple of days this week, being it opens during the week. Um, that season lasts from uh, March 8th to the 14th. Um, again, children young adults under the age of 16 can uh, take advantage of that whole week to youth hunt. Our uh, adult season opens March the 15th, again on a Tuesday, and uh, it ends May 1st. Now, as far as limits go, uh, the, the bag limit is three gobblers. For children under the age of 16, that is uh, any gobbler, a limit of yeah. three.
4: Yeah.
7: For adults, it has to be an adult gobbler um, with a beard greater than six inches or a full fan.
4: Well, that's, okay, so let's, uh, let's, uh, by the way, let me say this, that if you're engage in the youth hunt uh, a lot a of, lot of dads are going to be hunting in some cases mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers maybe even in some cases hunting with their their children um if you get a gobbler, send it to us at the super talk outdoor facebook page we'd love to post it and share it with other people you know i i can't i'm very passionate about kids i, I remember a stretch of hunting where i never even held a gun for like 10 years because my kids you know i was hunting with my kids and you i'm sure you've done the same thing haven't you
7: Yes, sir, I'm there now. I'm 14, and I've been sitting right beside him on every every turkey he's killed and every deer. So, uh, yeah, he just uses my 20-gauge, and we carry on.
4: (laughs) I I love that. So tell me about, okay, so the turkey game check, tell me about that.
7: Yeah, the uh, turkey game check, we we started that back in uh, the spring of 2019. And uh, what game check is, is, is... before a turkey hunter enters the woods, he has to have a what is known as a harvest report card. Now that harvest report card can be an app that you download to your smartphone, or it can be a paper physical copy that is easily available through uh, an outdoor digest that you pick up at any licensed vendor, or it's a printable version that you can get offline under mdwfp.com slash gamecheck, or it could be something as simple as a note card so what happens is when you enter the woods you've got your game check card you harvest a bird before you move move that bird um you can either pull out your smartphone with the app that you've downloaded um to the phone free of charge and it's what we call a one-stop shop uh you enter that bird right then and you're finished um going to gather data on beard length, spur length, and what county that you harvested the bird in. Um, If you choose to do the paper copy, uh, you will either have to call it in, 1-800-BE-SMART, and they will give you a confirmation number, which you only have to to 10 o'clock to get that confirmation number. But again, before you move the bird, the process starts even with the physical form to where you have to put your name, your address, your telephone number, and your hunting license number on the, the check card before you move the bird. Um, that harvest report card will have to have uh, the first bird that you killed along if you were fortunate and killed the second or third. That harvest report card will have to reflect all three or two birds.
4: Well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, what a great what a great tool to really understand what's happening across the state. So if you, let's say if you're going to check someone, let's say someone, um, you're, you're waiting uh, on someone who's in there turkey hunting, they come out and you're a conservation officer. Is that one of the things that you're asking for?
7: Yes, we do. We check. A uh, hunter comes out and he's been successful or... We are just checking for license. We always ask for the harvest report card uh, so you can produce it either digitally or on paper. But it is, and in, in one of the, the things that we look for for sure now after being here for the, this is the fourth spring, so if it's not new. Uh, all hunters should know that by now you have to game check a wild turkey upon
4: harvest. Well, that's that's good news. Okay. I hate to say this, but I do know people and I've heard of people who leave their deer corn feeders out and just keep filling them until turkey season starts. And anyone who does that doesn't really appreciate all that turkey culture that you and I were talking about earlier, the pursuit of the bird and the conversations you have and all of that. How often do you see that? And do you find it to be a problem in Mississippi? Well,
7: first of all, hunting turkeys with the aid of bait is prohibited. It's, uh, it's illegal. Um, it's a, as conservation officers, we do encounter that. We encounter, uh, people who are continuing to put their feeders out. We encounter people who scatter grain on the ground, which is also a violation of supplemental feeding. Um, but it is, it is common. It is unlawful uh, to hunt turkeys with the aid of bait.
4: So, when you when you catch someone doing it, what what does it mean for them? What what is, what's the what price do they pay?
7: So, if you, if we catch someone hunting uh, wild turkeys with the aid of bait, that is what is a class two violation. So, that class two violation, you know, is a monetary value of, of at least a hundred dollars up to five hundred dollars. So. Um, yeah any any violation like that is pretty expensive
4: it's expensive and it's kind of a stain you know it it's, is, <laughs> and
7: it's uh it takes away from the, the the what we were talking about earlier the chase um that's the gobbles the chase sitting over a uh abated area does take away from that experience
4: and as a conservation officer, any, any of us who've watched these uh, reality shows on TV, on National Geographic or whatever about conservation officers, you know, all over the United States, as a conservation officer, you've kind of heard it all, haven't you?
7: I have. Um, <laughs> I've seen a little bit of it all, and it, some of it, you know, was disheartening. But as a whole, uh, turkey hunters are, are after the chase, more than they are the the, the, the keel. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's that's a that's really a, that's really a great way to say it. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Caleb Harrington. See you after this
3: break. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi, a statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than seventeen thousand locations, community outreach programs
0: America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Outlander at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get high style without the high price. Plus an industry-leading 10-year 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today starting at $26,095. Get up to $3,500 over book value for your trip during the spring sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get thunderstruck. NSLP based on Outlander ES2WD. Price turns and vehicle
5: availability may vary. Important restrictions and rules apply to retail for limited warranty. and More details. Offer ends 331 Power outages are a detriment to workplace efficiency and production. A Taylor Power standby generator can provide instant protection from those power outages. Call Taylor Power Systems today at 601 932 5674 to discuss the right standby generator for your business. That's 601 932 5674.
7: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at
5: 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. We're talking turkey today with Caleb Harrington. He's uh, he's a captain with the Mississippi Department of, of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. He's a conservation officer. His father was a conservation officer, and uh, you know, love it. I mean, Caleb's been doing this for 24 years, right, Caleb? 24 years. Correct. And your dad did it for 34 years, which I think is so cool. Uh, just great generational. I don't know passion for the outdoors in, in more ways than one. You love to hunt, but you also like to make sure that people are following the law and conserving uh, the, the, the wildlife the way that they should, and uh, I appreciate you so much for that. Hey, listen, one of the things I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about is um, you guys were, I would say the Department of Wildlife, wildlife Fisheries and Parks along, along with the USSW were involved in a major major uh, Uh, turkey poaching case multi-state uh deal tell me more about that
7: yeah so a few years back we we uh we got some tips from the public that there were some violations taking place and our state officers investigated it and were able to uh acquire search warrants for residences we were served those warrants and discovered um, numerous violations not only in the state of Mississippi but also in the states of, of Kansas and Nebraska so that investigation as we as we progressed on uh, led to violations in other states so US Fish and Wildlife was involved and uh, We were able to successfully investigate and prosecute this this case, dubbed as uh, Operation Longbeard. Um, I would like to, at this time, to give a a shout-out, I guess, to our our sister agency there, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Agent Brad Rabelais, Sidney Charbonnet, and Officer Ben Bryant. Um, Our local officers that were involved were Master Sergeant Randy Cooley, Uh, sergeant major jake guess and lieutenant sheila smith these prosecutions led to uh, uh, right at a hundred thousand dollars worth of fines um it led to uh pardon me i might have to read it all um it, it led to three years of state probation 13 years of federal probation 13 years of um a worldwide hunting ban where some of these individuals that four of them could not hunt anywhere in the world for a lengthy amount of time. Now, uh, what these guys did and gals did was they, they just trespassed on numerous pieces of property, uh, 15 total in the state of Mississippi. Um, we were able to prosecute for those for those properties, for those landowners who, in some cases, never knew they were even being poached on um the hunters carried on to the states of of kansas and nebraska and did the same thing there and killed an excessive amount of turkeys there and 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 here so uh we were proud of that prosecution and it was a lot of a lot of man hours and work went into it so kayla
4: were they were were they um were they doing it for enjoyment or were they selling the hunts what was the what was their motivation behind it
7: no their their motivation behind it was uh they were addicted to it um said they couldn't stop uh they just wanted to hunt turkeys so badly that they took advantage of private property owners for the most part when they weren't they weren't there they weren't in town um to get in their mindset of knowing exactly why they took it to the extreme that they did, I will never know. Um, but they did. They had uh, a group that was with the same mindset. They were they were just traveling poachers.
4: Wow. It's so interesting that people would go to that length. That's the same thing as sort of like hunting deer with lights at night. I mean, I, I still don't fully understand or appreciate what the mindset is for doing that you know people just you know you're always going to have people that are w- finding ways around around the laws and again like you say you can't necessarily read their minds or understand for sure what their motivations are but they just get addicted and they do what they do and they find enjoyment in it whatever you know even though it may be you know <laughs> outside the law and your job is to find those people and to, to work with a team of people to to sort them out and uh, and identify them and charge them and try to keep the resource uh, as protected as possible. And you've really dedicated your life to that, haven't you?
7: Yes, sir. And and a major part of that, I we all have when we when we put this uniform on. There's some some measure of pride that goes along with it. Um, and we take it seriously at the Department of Wildlife for uh, any violations that take place. We've already caught a group similar to this already this year before season even opened. So, yeah, we. Uh, I guess you could say it's a passion in itself.
4: Well, Caleb, it's been an absolute pleasure to visit with you this morning. Uh, Your passion really shows through, and I can't wait to have you back on the show again. We'll have, we'll do a check in with you about midway through the turkey season and just see how the season is going and see how you guys are doing. But this has been Captain Caleb Harrington. Uh, he's with the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks in the South region. 24 years with with the department. and super dedicated. It's been a pleasure. Anyway, uh, have a great day. Stay safe. Stay safe in the outdoors and pray for the people of Ukraine. Have a great uh, uh, rest of the week, and we'll see you next Monday.